This is the War and Peace Project coming to you from Studio 3 at the Third Space on Campus Corner. I'm Kate Bierman, mom to Ellie, 22 months, and five rescue animals, political scientist, policy wonk, and co-owner of four businesses with my fellow co-host, Sarita Wilson. And I am Sarita Wilson. I am almost 50 years old, uh, birther of four businesses, mother of two grown children, five rescue animals, and one errant husband. Today, I think we're going to talk about work-life balance. And I think yeah. we're going to start with, so that happened. So that happened. Which also is also kind of a success or fail. I was going for a run, and I have a dog named George, who was one of our rescues. He is an 80-pound hound. He's huge, he's exuberant, and he's got a nose that he likes to put to the ground and go. So I tie him to me, and I take off for a run because I'm training for a 5K. I know that's not a big bunch of Ks there, but I'm training. And so I tie the 80-pound dog to me, and he makes me run a lot faster than I really want to run. And I'm about five minutes into my gonna-do 20-minute straight run. So for context, I am almost 50. I haven't ran for like 10 years, so this is a big feat for me. So I'm running... I'm huffing and puffing. I'm trying to not get drug around the track by the dog. And I get a call. From me. Because I had just gotten to my shift at Cool Beans, our drive-thru coffee kiosk, uh, which is in and of itself a system failure. This is me working in the business and not on the business. I'm working a shift that I could easily hire someone else to do. I say it's easy now. (laughs) And so I get there and the girl who had opened told me that uh, we were almost out of espresso beans. And it is very hard to run an espresso based business without that main ingredient. So the call to me was, Sarita, can you please go to our roastery and get beans? And so, sure, not that big of a deal. I'll do it when I get done running. Maybe, Maybe I'll cut my run short. Maybe I'll... You know, so all this stuff's going through my head, and I'm continuing to run, huff and puff, dogs dragging me, and I get another call. This one was not from me. It's from my accountant. Taxes are due today. Because for context, it's October of 2019, and we are still trying to get our 2018 taxes done. That's like a three-year failure happening and culminating into that moment. Not necessarily all my failure, but I'd been giving all of this content to my accountant for a year. And here we are on the day that it's due for the very last extension. You have to do it today. But now we need 20 things from the bank or I don't even remember what it was now, but she needed me to right then, right there, get this done, let's do it now. And so basically I had to abandon my run and go take care of beans and two years worth of tax problems. That is a fail. It's a systems fail. And when we had started the conversation about what this podcast episode was going to be about, that started well before this set of system failures. It's an accounting and bookkeeping failure. It's a purchasing and processes failure. And it's a failure of having a business owner work in the business instead of on the business. It's difficult for me to work on growing the business when I'm working on a shift that many people are qualified to do. Not everyone is qualified to do what I do. So we're going to jump into kind of what we feel are the top five systems to really make a business owner's life easier, but also the top five home systems that we can work on to make sure that we have a healthy work-life balance. So the top five systems, we each wrote down our top five, and I think they match pretty close. For me, are payroll. I hate doing payroll. 
It takes up time, it takes up energy. It's something that can be done by lots of different people that doesn't have to be done by me. So for me, payroll is a must have system. As we're growing our businesses, we're struggling with finding the right software and process and one, system. One of the biggest one of the biggest issues in that payroll system is the time clocks and the accurate accounting for the hours that each employee works. We thought we had gotten there. And what company they work for. And what company they work for. Because there's four of them. We thought we had gotten there and we had, with our new kennel management software, we had a a system that we thought would work very well because everyone who is out of high school or out of college works a job where they have to clock in and out. Very few people get salary right off the bat and don't have to worry about logging how many hours they're working, but it is like you pulling teeth. You would be teeth. amazed at how hard it is to get people to clock in and clock out every day. And that costs us time because it is hours now that we're having to spend chasing down schedules or chasing down managers or chasing down the employee themselves to make sure that their payroll is accurate because what's even more frustrating than doing this ahead of time is not doing it ahead of time and then getting employees coming to you asking why they didn't get paid for 20 hours that they did work but never clocked in or out for. Yeah, because my mind reading is not really on par. So payroll is a time suck that I apply a dollar amount to... I can either hire out payroll or I can hire out what I bring to the table that is unique and creative. And that part is harder to hire out and very expensive. So hiring out payroll, first of all, we have a payroll company and then we are getting the proper systems for clocking in and out together. And then we're writing policies for people that can't seem to clock in or out. So this is learning from that system's failure because it's one thing to recognize the failure. It's another thing to try and fix the failure. But the third part is learning from it and putting systems in place to make it scalable in the future and to hold employees accountable for what we need them to be doing. Okay, so accounting. We, we <laughs> had a big old system failure. Now, my accountant is a wonderful person. We have outgrown her, and it is time to move accountants, and that's a very difficult and daunting thought process for me. I'm sure Kate's just fine with it because she likes these kinds of system changes. Well, it's it's a different perspective when you come in well past the start of a business because I don't have the same relationship or connection that you do. So for me, I just come in and I say, what the hell is happening? Why aren't these things being done in a timely manner? No, I don't care who's doing it. This is costing us time and money. We don't even necessarily know that things are being done the way they're supposed to be done. So I have the luxury of taking a less compassionate view of it just because my time logged is very different than yours. So try and give you some grace in that. Well, yeah. And, and I have a very good relationship with the accountant and she's a wonderful person. She's just not the right person for the job anymore. And again, that comes back to scalability as we, well, I mean, we grew rapidly from about 10 employees to now about 26 in the course of a little more than a year. So as we kind of straddle that chasm between small mom and pop shop and kind of teenagery level business, getting those systems in place early and making sure that they are scalable for when we have 90 employees and 16 locations that will have these systems in place and that they'll be able to work for us this entire time. 
Absolutely. And so monthly accounting and yearly accounting are kind of different things. So having a good monthly accounting process as well. We haven't had to have that in the past. And with just one business, you kind of can cobble together what happened last year when your accountant asks you. But having four businesses is very different. There's no way I can keep all of that in my brain. I can't remember what that $52 was for in July, a year and a half ago. And it is imperative that we have everything documented and accounted for properly. And the monthly accounting will not only help us ensure that we're spending money and receiving money as we're supposed to be, but it makes that annual accounting a little bit easier. Because one of the things that you had mentioned to me, Sarita, in your frustration with all of this, which is something that really grabbed me and made me so happy that we were transitioning to a more big boy type (laughs) accountant Big is girl. that big girl type accountant is that you know we might have been facing this big tax bill from 2018 and we would have no opportunity to course correct for 2019 because it's October and we would barely have two and a half months left in the year to fix whatever it was that caused the huge tax bill in 2018. So it means we can't be very forward thinking. We can't be nimble. Can't be strategic. It forces us to be reactionary in ways that we really don't want to be. So the other thing that kind of, as their little opening story shined a light on, is supply ordering and knowing when we are out of things or when we're about to be out of things and not being a pinball machine to four businesses in some sort of ordering, running to this store and that store capacity. We have done pretty well now at Annie's at the at the day, at the doggy daycare after 10 years being able to get in a position where we do ordering once a week we go and have the managers write down you know, whether or not they need bleach or sanitizer or poop bags or food boats and so we're able to do that once a week for the regular ordering and we do we do a dog food order i'd say maybe once or twice a month but that's automated now almost I mean, it's almost down to science. It's been delegated. But we we haven't gotten there with either of the coffee businesses, partly because the volume of purchasing is so much higher that the business truly is purchase-based. If we don't have these products, we can't operate. If we didn't have food boats or we didn't have the poop bags that we normally use, we'd be able to figure that out. But it's really hard to figure out how to give someone a cup of coffee if we don't have our beans. (laughs) So figuring out how to do that ordering in a more automated way though, has been a bit of a struggle because I know Sarita is probably in a similar boat every single day. I am going to at least one store to buy something for a coffee shop. (laughs) So if we apply our dollar figure to our time, then that's how we figure out that we can afford a more robust system. We can afford another person. Whatever it might take to free up our time, I think is really a priority. And I think we're getting there. What I've been working on for the last week is trying to get a strong sense of how many times a a month we have to order the things that we need. Some of it I can automate, which would be really, really helpful because I have boxes of cups in my garage. I have racks of flavoring syrup on my shelves. And pretty much by the skin of my teeth, I've been able to recognize that we need to order something in enough time to get it in before we run out of it. But it's been very, very close. And we're faced with maybe some opportunities to add other locations 
eventually, and we know that we add one more business, even one more service to any of our businesses, balls are going to start dropping off the plate. So we have to have that piece lined up, lined out, automated and delegated before we move on. Those balls dropping off the plate, it's not just, oh, you know, we're going to be we're going to be out of this one thing for a day. I mean, it could have some very significant consequences if we start dropping the wrong balls. And so, you know, we're very trust-based in our dog business and we are quality-based in our coffee businesses. And if either of those things suffer for any reason, that could be the end of one of those businesses. So ensuring that we keep that in mind, putting those systems in place, as Sarita mentioned, making it scalable for when we add another location or facility or service, that's critical in order to ensure the healthy viability of our company. Scalability and consistency, especially in the coffee business, consistency is is key as far as having the right products for sale. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Let's do number four, which is bookings and reservations. Our business in the doggy daycare world, bookings and reservations are imperative that that piece be done well. And that's actually what is making us more competitive in our market. Because when Kate came on, we were about a half a step above a paper calendar in our technical offerings to our customers. And Kate came in. So it is May of 2018. And I am looking at the software system, trying to learn the software system. The one that was chiseled in stone. It, and that's pretty much what it felt like. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to name this poor software system. However, it was I, gimpy. It was gimpy. I got the sense that I, I had this image in my head of the developer sitting at a computer going, you know what my favorite software program is right now? Microsoft Office 1995. <laughs> I'm going to do window within window within window within window. I'm going to have 80 buttons all but up at the top. there were drop downs and menus. And, oh, God. There were tons of menus. But again, it was 2018. There was no way to make reservations online. There was no way to update vaccination records online. There was no way to pay off a negative balance online. All the things that people are used to doing for hotels or other service-based industries, if they have a bill that they have to pay, they like to be able to do it online. You can even order a hamburger online these days. Yes, you can. So, which also then leads into, it's not just bookings and reservations, it's also mobile ordering on the coffee side. All of these things I felt were modern, now necessities, not just nice-to-haves, but they were necessities when it it came to business. Sarita felt like... Oh, you can still call us on a landline and I'll book you on my paper calendar. I don't want to say that she actually physically threw herself in front of the computer and said, no, don't take it. But that's kind of that's kind of what happened. So (laughs) let's paint the other side of that picture a little bit. So here I am. I've been doing this for 10 years. I'd already transitioned from a paper calendar to a really bad kennel management system. She claims it was worse than the one we had when I started. It was way worse than the one we had. And then probably two years prior to this, I had transitioned. So when you transition from a paper calendar to a software system, that is great. That's efficient. You've saved lots of time. You probably weren't too busy to begin with to do that. But when you go from one software system to another software system, you are transferring databases and procedures and a lot of information and moving parts. You're having to train people. You're having to stop your business for a minute and get this on. You got to retrain your customers. There's a lot to that customer facing systems changes. It makes customers unhappy or at least uneasy. 
It makes employees unhappy and uneasy. So when Kate comes into this business and her first really... Maybe that wasn't the best opener. Wrecking ball moment was let's completely (laughs) rework your whole system as we expand the business, as we take on a partner. So that, that it was a really emotional decision for me to let go of that control and I knew that the system was bad. I knew we needed to do something different. Handing it to Kate and letting her do it was like handing off a newborn baby and to somebody. You know, I knew she was capable, but it was still change. And change is hard. And I mean, and I will say onboarding and data transfer is a really brutal and burdensome process. It and neither really, really of us is. are IT people. No, we're not. And so I absolutely have no concept of how data can just be lost. If you're moving it from one place to the other, why is it not there? I did not understand that. However, some of it wasn't there. Once we got through it and once we got through some of the unease on the client end and on the employee end, we had some clients who were like, I'm not giving, I'm not going to give you my credit card. Yeah. I was like, have you ever rented a car (laughs) or booked a hotel room? (laughs) None of, neither of those things you can do without a credit card. Made an airplane reservation. Anyway, yeah. so, but once we did get through that, we trained them. now one of the big factors was the drastically reduced call volume because now customers or clients didn't have to call or email to make reservations. They could just do it online. So it freed up a lot of our employees' time. One of the pieces of data that we hadn't been keeping for 10 years was the number of daycare packages purchased. But being able to do that online, I have very limited experience without this system because I was only there operating for a couple months before we transitioned. But it seems to be increasing and just providing owners with the opportunity to book their whole annual calendar of stays is really helpful. And I I think actually that has the potential to generate more revenue because someone can look at their kids yearly soccer calendar and book those stays as soon as they know they're going to be out of town. And they can book the stays at midnight or one Mm -hmm. in the morning when they wake up and have moments of clarity as we all do at one in the morning. And so it definitely was a added value for our customers. And they do recognize that. And I'm really thankful that they gave us the grace to figure it out. They gave us a lot of grace because I think also because they knew that it would be better for them in the end. And anecdotally, I do think there was an increase. I I have no way to compare the numbers because that other system sucked (laughs) and didn't give me those numbers. But the new system gives me Wait, the old system was bad? It was awful. Thank God we changed. I told you we needed to change. It's all your idea. That was my idea. Yeah, definitely. So uh, customer facing systems are important and really kind of the face of your business. So if you have a, I mean, sometimes it's kind of cute to have antiquated systems, but sometimes people, especially in the dog business and maybe even the coffee business. I was going to jump in and and mention that the, the only reason why we haven't mentioned customer facing systems for coffee in terms of like mobile ordering or things like that is just because we haven't gotten there yet. It's not because we're not thinking about it. We're just still trying, you know, being only three months into our acquisition of this coffee kiosk, it feels like it's been a year, but it's only been three months. Being able to kind of tighten up all of those other systems first and generate the efficiencies and the cost savings that we have been able to already puts us in a much better position to implement things like mobile ordering or adding some systems in that way. So, And we know what to look for. Right. now, And now we know what to look for after having gone through this with doggy daycare. 
And we know how to prepare our employees for it. We had a little bit of a We're doing mutiny. that with payroll and time cards now. And I have to say, I think I had a little bit of PTSD from what happened last year with the with the software system because I went into it very unsure, taking very careful steps, being as conciliatory and understanding as I can possibly bring myself to be. And I was met with a lot less resistance. resistance. Maybe it's because I was being so conciliatory, but honestly, I think they were looking at me a little bit like, why are you trying to like hold my hand through all of this? We, we've got this. We yeah. can do it. Well, and I think there's trust. Our employees yeah. trust these changes a little more now because, well, it's been a big year for us with lots of changes all around. Not to be changing just to change. But I think that what they are understanding is that we're not changing just to change, that we are actually making changes in an effort to make their lives easier or better or more efficient and to make our businesses better. So, um, And then the other change is kind of a no-brainer. The other system, I mean, is a no-brainer. But one day, a month, maybe not even a whole month, or it had to be been over a month, maybe two months, into this having Cool Beans coffee kiosk, I get the calls of... I think the tax commission and the electric company showed up like within minutes of each other wanting payment of some sort. And legitimately, I hadn't paid things because I hadn't had time or they it was the thing that I was going to do later. And it just kept getting pushed down my list. Well, to be fair to you, the issue with OEC was that there was... Um a disconnect between you and the company that you had sent information to them that they hadn't received. So they oh, hadn't right. actually sent us a bill. I'd forgotten about that. And part. then they just came out to turn off the power. But again, it still comes back to putting good systems in place because right. you checked it off your list because you had sent them what they needed, but then didn't have the time or the bandwidth to come back to it and say, did I get a response? Did I get a response? Yeah. So auto bill pay, that's one of my top fives because in this day and age, there's no reason why I should be sitting down and writing checks or driving a check anywhere. It should just all be done online and it should be automated. Especially for the costs that you know are coming every month. Yeah. There's going to be the random Electric. check that you need to write. but Yeah. So auto bill pay is easy. It doesn't hurt anybody's feelings except mine. I don't get to write the checks anymore. I don't know why I was so tied to doing that, but I was for some reason. So auto bill pay. So we have, let's recap, payroll, accounting, supply ordering, customer facing systems and then auto bill pay. And there was the only one that I had that was different than yours, which I think frankly is something I prefer to just have a full long episode on is upping your social media game and keeping on the social media oh, yeah. game, whether you consider it as a marketing slash advertising opportunity or simply a way to engage with the community and get feedback, having a strong social media game and farming that out if necessary and hiring someone to do it or delegating it to an employee. Dollar, um, put that dollar amount on you. Yeah. That's, yeah. and that's, and that's me not wanting to give up control because I don't know why, so but what, I feel like I have a too? particular perspective or narrative that I want to be sure is conveyed. And I'm worried about giving up control of that, but I don't have enough time in my day because I don't have time for a good work-life balance, which is what we're going to okay. talk about next. So that segues right into what else is important. So I feel really confident that 
Having work-life balance depends on not just making sure your work is in balance, but making sure your life is in balance. And I think before, before you continue on with that, I think that was probably something that I considered the least when I made the decision that I wanted to leave my job and stop working for other people and start working for myself. I didn't have a very good sense of what that was going to do to my home life, partly because we've kind of jumped from new startup to new project. But some of that, it was just me not being cognizant of the fact that if I am having to maybe work 80 hours a week so that I'm not forced to work 40, then that was going to have an impact on what I was able to do at home and what therefore my spouse was going to have to do outside of just being the one to pick up and drop off my toddler instead of it being me. I say this often, put your own oxygen mask on first. So there are systems for making sure you are healthy. Exercise, meditation, dedicated family or, or significant other time. That could even just be friend time, even if you're not married and you don't have a family in that way. Or self-care, doing something special for yourself, but also making sure you're doing the essentials for yourself, like going to the doctor, getting a mammogram. Ladies, it's Breast, Breast Cancer, Cancer Awareness, Awareness Month. Month. So getting your yearly checkups, eating right, and taking downtime to do something fun. That's self-care. And then time to enrich your brain, reading for pleasure, or even reading for learning something outside of your current knowledge base. And I think if I recall that recently you had a situation in which because all of your personal systems failed, you had a really difficult day. Not even a really difficult day. It was a typical day. You just had a really difficult end to your day because your personal systems had all failed. Yeah, I, I legit cried. And I'm not a crier necessarily, but I just sat there and cried and felt like everything was bad and things were awful and and why is this happening to me? Mostly it was about a tax bill. But if all those systems would have been in place, I mean, I'm not saying you're never going to have a bad day if you put systems in place. Everyone However, has bad days. Feeling those bad days is not a bad thing. But yeah. trying to put yourself in the position where you have as few of them as possible is also not a bad thing. Right. And so if I'd have gotten that same news about a tax bill on a day when I had been fully meditated, fully medicated, fully exercised, it may not have been that big of a deal for me. I would have just engaged my logical brain and dealt with it. But my logical brain was sleeping and I had a meltdown. So we want to uh, make sure we're not having meltdowns and we're not yelling and firing and we're not doing things from an emotional place. We're doing things from a systems place, from logic. From balance. From balance. from balance. Because when you're in business for yourself, a lot of times, especially in a businesses our size, there's not an HR department. There's nobody else to go to. It's all you. So you can't blame it on something else and walk away and close the door. And, you know, if things are failing at your business, then it's bleeding over into your personal life. It's affecting your spouse, your child, even your grown children. So take care of yourself and put your own oxygen mask on first. Sarita and I do personal training Monday, Wednesday, Friday mornings. It's a really good way to start the morning. And it's There's, team building. It's team building, yeah, for the two of us. And it's just a really great way to not even just check something off your list as accomplished for the day. But, I mean, it also feels really, really great to go in and be like, you know what? I'm going to go beat my single leg kick record today. Mm -hmm. And then you do it. I beat my battle ropes record. You beat everyone's battle ropes I, record. Yes, I can battle rope my butt off. And so, you know, that's kind of how we build in that exercise. Sarita also runs on Tuesday, Thursdays. I am still 
trying to figure out what my Tuesday, Thursday exercise is going to be. I really, really want it a was pair of rollerblades. Cool and yeah, I was working at Cool Beans. <laughs> and now, thankfully, I've put that system in place to at least eliminate that. And so we both, well, we both are in the book club. But I'm the only one who has actually read the books and gone to the I got to read the book this time. Um, So I think she's actually going to be coming on Sunday. I set that system in place because I knew that if I just told myself that I needed to read for, you know, 20 minutes every night before I went to bed, I would just end up with a bruised nose from the book or my phone falling on my face as I fall asleep in bed or on the couch. And so by giving myself the book club, it's not just an open-ended do this every single day. It's read this book by the end of the month. It's there's a deadline, but it gives me the opportunity to kind of take the time to do it here or there. And I do really look forward to it, even those couple months where it's Friday night and I'm like, crap, I have a 300 page book to read by Sunday at 11. Well, also meditation is is the por- important for me. One of the things that I like to do is I do a three minute meditation. I, I sent this to Kate and she rolls her eyes at me, but I think she did it. One minute is spent being grateful for health, wellness well-being, great hair. I don't know. I'm just grateful for everything that I have. One minute is spent breathing, just breathing. Just focus on your breath. Breathe in for four seconds. Hold it for four seconds. Breathe out for four seconds. Hold that for four seconds. Do that for one whole minute. It's weird, but that oxygen to your brain is good, and that meditation is good. And then the third minute, I spend that minute envisioning what I want out of my life, because I think as a, as a very busy person, you have a tendency to let just the busy happen over the top of what you actually want to happen. So envisioning what you want and envision it as if it's happening right now. So it's goofy. And I sometimes envision getting a really big fat check, what it feels like, smells like, sounds like. And so I'm very specific in that. And I don't, I'm not quite that formal, but she rolls I, her eyes. I do roll my eyes. Um, but I do like to be the first one out in the morning into, you know, I let the dogs out, I feed the cats, I have this little routine that I do every single morning and having those few minutes to just go about my morning, do the tasks, I feed the porch cat, I feed my cats, I feed the dogs, I put Ellie's diaper bag together. And then usually by then James is out of the bathroom. And so then I go back in and, you know, get ready for the day and, And sometimes I write out my to-do list for the day, although sometimes that actually makes me more anxious because I'm like, to Cool Beans, to drop Ellie at daycare, to work out, back to Cool Beans, to Yellow Dog, to Annie's, to lunch, to this meeting, to that meeting, back to Cool Beans. Oh yeah, we're on city council. Sometimes I don't write it out, but even just thinking about everything I have to do that day and kind of putting it in a preferential order helps me feel like I'm not wasting as much time as I would if I was just kind of flying from one thing to another. And about the self-care, the one thing I really want to make sure to point out is it's not just your mental health. It is your physical health. It is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And as business owners, sometimes we push down those physical health concerns because we don't have the time or we don't have the money or we don't have the time or the money or we don't have the time, money or the energy. And so it's really important to take care of yourself to get that dental cleaning that I haven't gotten in a decade I do brush my teeth. I just haven't gotten formal clean. But <laughs> to do those things, you know, I, I I almost totally ran out of contacts. Like I did actually run out of contacts and I had to get my glasses out because I didn't make time to go to the eye doctor and get a new exam and then buy the freaking contacts. So all of those things are incredibly important. 
and making sure that you engage with some of those home systems as well as those business systems will make you far more effective and well-rounded of a person. Okay, well, look for us on for and peaceproject.com. And you can email us any questions or feedback or topics you'd like us to discuss at warandpeaceproject at gmail.com. 